Hey, welcome everybody, and welcome to our live viewers. Um, we dropped this live. Uh, if you have any questions for us, we'll make a comment. Ask a comment. This is a fun time to ask because this is the third time. I wish we had a third timer's jacket for today. <laughs> um, because this is the third time in the program. Dan Tierney, uh, press secretary for Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, came back on. And thanks, Dan. It's fun. We're looking forward to this. Good to hang out with you. How, how's it going today? Uh, good, Chris. Good, Craig. It's a uh, uh, good day in Ohio. So we were uh, right before this, we were busy getting out the announcement that uh, the uh, uh, U.S. Air Force is going to be expanding the mission at uh, the Mansfield Lom Air Force Base. So they're oh. going to be a uh, cyber warfare wing uh, there, and it's going to be an increase in the number of uh, uh, enlisted uh, individuals in Mansfield. So so good day for Ohio. Uh, we, we, we appreciate Jobs Ohio's work on that. The uh, R Richland uh, Area Chamber of Commerce, obviously, our entire Ohio congressional delegation, uh, including Congressman Mike Turner, who's the uh, ranking member on uh, some of the committees that oversee these areas. So, good. Yeah. This is why you're the most frequently used guest here. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're breaking your stuff all over jacket. The place. You're like the Tom Hanks of the Ohio podcast. <laughs> and um, well, that's good news too, because you got some stuff coming to Dayton, right? With the base on there, that's still in, in the works, right? Yes, yeah, so the uh, you know, Ohio is a, a big uh, state as far as the Air Force and the Air Reserve. Yeah. So not only those two sites, but of course you have the uh, the uh, the airlift wing in Vienna, uh, out in the you know Youngstown Warren area, uh, you know, plus uh, our uh, National Guard installations across the state. So uh, very uh, important economic drivers in the in the state of Ohio. And Craig covered the governor recently up in the what was it the Cleveland area? Well, yeah, uh, the, the lucky the Peloton. Peloton, yeah, yeah, yeah got it. Uh, which is uh, nice because that's their first U.S. plant of any kind. So yeah. wow, okay, very exciting, and uh, I got a chance to see him. I snapped a photo. I, I noticed you did retweet the the tweet that I had that I was there, but you did. I don't know if you retweeted the photo that I tweeted of the governor being there, Dan. So. You might uh, you might get admonished for that by the governor. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's a bit meta. So, <laughs> right. yeah, I, I I don't think the governor's like looking at Twitter feeds of everyone going, "Hey, why don't you I guarantee this, the yeah. governor? I guarantee the governor is watching what I do on Twitter, and he's making wow. sure that all of my tweets are are properly retweeted by his staff. You know, we'll get to other stuff. I was curious about that because you know I've worked in the PR business. I'm in journalism now. How do you guys look at like mentions? Because I know I work for a private company where they say, check our mess mentions. So if it's positive, negative, or whatever, we print it out. And then, you know, our CEO looked for them and he said, respond to this or don't respond to this. Obviously, you know, the governor's mentioned, you know, with his at symbol. Do you guys track that at all? I mean, I'm sure you're looking at that, but it's got to be hard to look at everything. We we do look at that. We have some services that do, that do catalog that. Of course, in uh, in, in uh, public policy, you know, when they talk about favorable and unfavorable, the bot that automatically assigns that most everything policy related is negative because you're talking yeah. about public health. You're talking about law enforcement, and when you're talking about law enforcement, you're talking about you know generally you know enforcement of criminal and you know anything with crime is negative. So the uh, so we don't pay too much attention to. The positive negative uh, meter because it's you know it, it's not like it's a sports team where we're, you're, right. it's a story that's positive about your beloved Ben Roethlisberger it's going to be positive it's, it's right. negative about it, it's negative it's a lot easier than when you're you're talking about uh, uh, hospitals or e even when you're talking about improvement in like you know COVID numbers that's still a negative story by nature because right. I think any COVID story is probably negative on a positive negative meter. <laughs> 
Definitely. And, hey, I'm seeing your numbers pick up a little bit. Again, Dan Tierney, Press Secretary for Governor DeWine. We need to talk a little bit about COVID, but we're going to talk about some of our fun stuff today. Um, but let's start with COVID. Hey, I'm uh, just a little bit of EAT numbers, you know, 4,600 COVID cases. Um, according to our people at the Columbus Dispatch, it said it's the highest number since January. Obviously, you know, we're, we're watching the governor, Delta variant. It's real. It's serious. Um, our numbers have increased because of Vaximillion, but it still needs to be higher. Go get vaccinated everything. What are you guys looking at? I mean, everything the governor says, hey, we got to be careful, you know, get vaccinated. We got, And he's been concerned about the schools, you know, do what's best for your students, encourage them to look at some mandates here and everything. What What's the danger that we're looking into? I mean, obviously – there's a little bit more restrictions from the state legislators than there were in the past and everything. How serious is this looking? How bad could this get if we don't do what we need to do to get more people vaccinated? Well, well, we've seen elsewhere with with Delta, and, and the good news for Ohio is we're one of the last states for it to get here. So that means that, number one, Ohioans have largely been doing the recommended things that we needed to do to to help kind of mitigate things. And also second, with it's also just kind of uh, the luck of the cycle in that uh, one of the best uh, explanations that I have heard as to why things were bad in Florida last summer and they're bad in Florida uh, you know, now, and, and other Southern states too, not to pick on Florida, uh, but, yeah. the, uh, but you know, they actually behave kind of like we do in winter. You know, the, uh, in the winter time, they were able to enjoy patios that unless you enjoyed sitting on a patio in 20 degree weather, you probably did not right. in Ohio or New Jersey or Pennsylvania or other states. But in the, in the summertime, uh, it is very hot and very humid in those states. And they move inside just like Ohioans move inside in the winter. So well, we had our bad numbers in the winter time, uh, last time when we moved indoors, um, some of the southern states, they were having bad numbers because they moved indoors in winter. It's also a functioning of your vaccination rate. Um, mm -hmm. Lower your community's vaccination rate, the uh, more opportunity there was for Delta to spread in your area. So we got some areas of Ohio that had very good uh, vaccination rates. As a state overall, yesterday we just passed 60%, 12 and over. Um, the White House uses 18, but the reason we look at 12 is because that's who's eligible to be vaccinated. Right, so, right. the uh, so it's kind of a key number. So, if everybody's eligibly vaccinated, we have uh, you know two, uh, three out of every five people who are eligibly vaccinated are currently vaccinated in Ohio, which is a good number. Obviously, yes. we have some work to do, but um, so so we're hopeful that because we're in a better spot than some other states that have been hit hard by Delta. Um, that we can, uh, that, that there's, uh, the storm can be weathered. So, but obviously we're paying very close attention to it, paying attention to where it hit. Um, Ohio's actually done a very, very good job with our hospital systems. They, they share, you know, the, and shift patients amongst systems that aren't even affiliated with each other, uh, to help, uh, levy the burden. So if you got a rural hospital, uh, in, in your area, they could easily transfer people to Toledo. And so while it may be just a blip in Toledo's bed count, that's a big deal in your small community rural hospital that uh, other states actually doesn't behave that way. They don't, their hospitals yeah. don't work together as well as hospitals. That's something that we, we worked very hard on early in the pandemic. Uh, you heard the doctors uh, and uh, Governor DeWine, the thing ever used to talk about there on the pandemic about 
how important it was to get our hospitals to work together. Now that we've done that, it'll actually help us weather Delta better because uh, it'll make sure that, I mean, because the example we always hear is that, you know, you don't want to have the heart attack in the area where there's no hospital beds. And so yeah. by right. doing these shifts, we're making sure everybody across the state of Ohio has access to critical health care so that the hospitals aren't flooded. And that's the, the big thing to get out there, too. It's just with we understand that not every COVID case is you go to the hospital, you could die. But still, you got to keep these hospitals open because even if, God forbid, you have an accident on the way home, like if your car gets in a wreck, if those beds aren't available, I mean, there's some hard choices that could impact people's lives. So it's just like, you know, protect our healthcare system. You know, I mean, it makes it a little bit easier. I mean, everything that was done last year was essentially done for one of two things. The, you know, make sure that we didn't overflow our hospitals and, you know, before there was a vaccine, you know, we wanted people to, you know, essentially be able to enjoy public accommodations without, you know, you know, too much fear doing of uh, getting sick. You know, we wanted people to be able to buy groceries without worrying too much about catching it or, you know, going yeah. to school or, and so before, you know, you know, masks and social distancing were, were the, the, the most effective ways to do it. Now the vaccine is the most effective way to protect yourself. And again, we had 60%. That's a good number. We got more, more work to do, but the vaccine's able to help us protect people, whereas before we had to rely on the, those other measures. I, I know we're still trying to figure this out from a new side. The third shot, right now, that's available for it, if you're in bad health and immunocompromised. I'm, I'm not getting that word right. It's not flowing on me right. But, you, you know, if you're in bad shape, you can get the third shot. But when it gets to a point where more of us can get the third shot, does it need to be the same shot that you got before? Yeah. Okay. And it's one shot then, right? It's not a two shot deal. Correct. Okay. It's, it's, it's one shot regardless of. Uh, so uh, right right now, it's been recommended for Pfizer. Johnson and Johnson just submitted their data. Remember, Johnson and Johnson came online a little bit later. So if it's sticking yeah. to that eight month number, uh, you know they've got a little bit more runway to get that done. But they've just submitted their numbers and they look good as far as the effectiveness of a. Uh, a booster. So, so as far as uh, all the all the data goes, you know the you know even that far out, you know that's it's very robust against preventing severe illness of the disease. What we're seeing drop a little bit is the vaccine protecting you from getting it all together. So you yeah. can end up getting it, and you probably have very mild symptoms if you right. do. So the booster will help do that. And what, what that, of course, helps with from a public health standpoint is that when you don't get it or you don't get it with symptoms, generally your viral load is a lot less, which right. means I'm, if I have it, but, I, uh, but I'm vaccinated, I'm less likely to transmit it to you and you're less likely to transmit it to others, et cetera. So, that it, 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 so even if you do get it, it helps reduce the spread of the virus. Right. Uh, and we have a, in families, and here's something else I was thinking about. We have a 14-year-old that has autism. We're in the process of adopting him. So we're trying to figure out for the accounting if we can give him the vaccine. It's more of a legal thing, just to make sure we're doing it the right way. How concerned should, should we be for our kids that don't have the vaccine? Or I have a nine-year-old, and obviously nine-year-olds can't get the vaccine yet. Should we be really restrictive during Delta to say, Boy, we gotta rethink what we allow them to do or not. I mean, so the, so the younger you are, the the less likely you are to have severe forms of the illness. Okay. And 
the and obviously we've heard you know lots of talk about comorbidities you know certainly if you have one, you know any of that, uh, those health conditions that we know lead to covid complications even of any age that can that can increase your chances um, of course you know we also know that with delta it is striking healthy people a lot more frequently just because it's that much more contagious so okay. uh, so but the uh, so the, it, it yeah, the, there are it's like anything with with with, with their odds. You know, there's right. you know, the odds are better for younger people, but you know, it's still happening at enough frequency that people should be concerned and uh, uh, try to protect themselves if they're in that situation. We also do know that um, you know that the good news for it being approved 12 and up is that 12 is the age where we start to see the uh, our our kids start to produce that higher viral load. So if you're 12 and up and you do get it. You tend to be more contagious than if somebody eleven and under. So that that that's the other thing to be concerned about. And with with the, with the kids, it's not necessarily that they make it sick; they can, but they do transmit, especially twelve and over. And I know recently there was action in the state house, which I'm sure we could detail it in the next five hours. But quite <laughs> simply, it's saying the state house says, "Hey, we want more of a say on what health orders are okay and what health orders aren't." So that doesn't totally tie the governor's hand together, but it, it gives a little less freedom than may have been before to happen. And I, and I think the governor's alluded to it because I think sometimes people say, all right, well, what's going to happen now? Numbers are going up. And he said something about, I mean, he always cares and he's doing a lot to try help, but he says in some ways that people have spoken, is there a chance that there might be more of a action taken if these numbers continue to go up? I sat in one of our newsroom meetings today in Akron, and there was a lot of concern saying, look, we're going around, people are bunching together at these football games, and, you know, I have an editor up there, it's like, my goodness, you know, a couple weeks, it could get bad again, you know, just based on what he's seeing, not just he's paranoid, I mean, he's seen stuff that could be a, I, I, I mean, how, how does the government kind of weigh all that stuff? Because I know you're a little bit limited, but the same point is, it could get bad. I mean, I, I hate to the, say it, but could. The good news that we have, we, we got two good pieces of good news. One is the vaccine, and the other is a year and a half of experience of dealing yeah. with this disease. Right. So the so on the first end, the vaccine, we know the vaccine works at helping stem the spread. Uh, you know, one of the things that we hear is that when communities get above a significant uh, percentage of vaccination, uh, yeah, they, you know, the uh, you know the Department of Health has said before in their press briefings that there are communities that are below you know forty percent that get pummeled with with the Delta, and there are others that you know when they're if they're a little bit higher, it's it's less bad. Now they still may get it, and it still may be you know you know bad in that community. But the the, the ones that have according to the CDC extremely low vaccination rates get hit worse. So uh, areas where there's High high levels of vaccination, it'll be better than than others where there's not. Um, the, on top of that, we also do know that if you're not vaccinated or you are vaccinated but you're concerned of being in a crowded situation, we, we just got good guidelines. We got guidelines for schools to make sure that kids don't end up in ten day quarantines and they can stay in the classroom. We have uh, guidelines for both the vaccinated and unvaccinated. Uh, you know, the general rule right now, according to the CDC guidance, is that the if you are in an extremely crowded situation, you might want to consider wearing a mask while yeah. delta high. So, yeah. and 
that is more for the vaccinated. That's more for if you get it, you could then spread it to others. So it's more of a spreading prevention mechanism uh, that, than, than something that will you know ease symptoms. Because again, for the vaccinated, you're more likely to just have a mild case if you do get it. But you know what we're seeing with like the senators who've been had to go in quarantine because they've test positive, or people who are in high volume testing situations like NFL players. Uh, if they're vaccinated and they test positive, they have a mild case, but they still have to isolate this so that they don't spread it to others. So that's where the masking kind of comes into play. And then, of course, on the hospital side, too, if you do get it, we, we have a year and a half of uh, right. education for the physicians on how to take care of you if you do get it. So the uh, you know, the governor has said many times, if you, if you did get COVID, you'd probably want to get it later in the pandemic than early in the pandemic because your doctors just have that much more experience on how to treat it. Okay. Well, we yeah. got to, we got to talk about some fun stuff. And Craig, I want you to ask questions. We like too. fun stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dan keeps saying when we first got here just today, he's like, "I want to talk music." And then this darn pandemic gets in the way, and we got to talk about the <laughs> pandemic. Um, well, you raise a good point because I want to talk about my first concert experience. I went to see a, a concert Friday. I don't want to reveal the venue. We talked about it beforehand, but I, I I panicked a little bit at the beginning. I. I want to be one of those guys that called the wine. I mean, he keeps talking about, hey, I've got, you know, I get these calls and texts from people concerned. And I was one of those people concerned. I don't have a cell phone, but I almost wanted to call and say that. I went to a small venue in Columbus. I liked their plan. You know, they said, hey, you know, um, you bring your vaccination card. I wasn't sure it was dark in there. I mean, I was joking with a friend. He probably could have brought my wife's vaccination card because they weren't really looking close enough to read the name. I mean, they just assumed, hey, you got a card, you're good. I saw a lot of people taking those masks off. But, Dan, I liked your advice. You said, hey, still be careful. So my buddy and I went to the back of the club. We were kind of hiding out by the soundboard. I know the guy rang sound for the concert. <laughs> so it was all good. Dan, have you been to concert yet? I mean, you're probably missing concerts. Have you been to one recently or – I, I have my tickets for uh, Genesis in Columbus, and uh, Ooh, okay. I, I'm starting to get to the the age where number one, I like older acts because okay. I'm as well, and two, the uh, I, I kind of do the test: is are, are they ever going to play Columbus or Cleveland or even you know Indianapolis or Chicago again? Are they? You know, I mean, like I remember when the Rolling Stones played uh, Ohio Stadium a few years ago. It's like. Yeah, that, that that could end up on the list if I don't know if they'll be alive again for another tour. Well, and then the drummer passed. Yeah, poor poor yeah. Charlie Watts. Yeah, yeah. he lived eighty. He lived eighty is a good good long life. So the uh, but uh, the uh, but yeah, I'm going to go see Genesis in December. But I haven't seen one okay. yet. Now would that be at a large venue then, or I believe it's an arena show. Okay, it's, it's I can't remember if it's nationwide or Schottenstein, but it's going to be okay. two okay. arenas in Columbus. And. Obviously, now are they? And see, that's the interesting thing too, because there's a concert I want to go see in December uh, in Columbus. I think the Arboretum Theater. It's kind of down by in the State House area. Um, I think that's how I pronounce it. I'm not sure. It's name, yes. And you know, they were saying, "Hey, we got to make sure, um, like, we're going to promote you here on the show next month or two. But they're like, let's wait and see what the restrictions may be. And, and they're being smart, you know, if if it comes out that it's 20% or whatever. Um, yeah, so I, I guess, you know, you're the press secretary. You're going to the Genesis concert. Just, I guess, you're wearing a mask and you're trying not to be too close. It to depends people, right? how socially distancing you can get. I, I've seen two yeah. shows at the Athenaeum before. One was um, 
Bauhaus, yeah, they, they, they okay. got the act. They were, oh, they, they only had, of course, when you see these acts anymore, you have to count how many original members are there. So, right. right. So there's two, two members of Bauhaus, uh, Peter Murphy and Daniel Kay. Uh, okay. And that was in the large theater. So the Athenaeum's got a large theater and a small theater. And so okay. uh, they've got it's a, lot, a lot of floor space on there. The, the more interesting one is I saw uh, Paul Young, uh, you know, famous for Every Time You Go Away, uh, and uh, Midge Ewer, who is the guy who co-wrote, uh, he was lead singer Ultravox, and he co-wrote Do They Know It's Christmas with uh, Bob Geldof of Live Aid fame. So the uh, I remember walking in there. It's like, uh, we can hear it upstairs. It's a good show. We walk up a few flights of stairs. And so we walk in, and that one's in the small theater, and it, that one's supposed to seat around two, two, 250 people. Uh, okay. And there were banquet tables on the floor. Right. And then there was like an upper mezzanine with seats. And so the, uh, that con, I remember there's a site, I tweeted pictures of it and somebody was trolling me on the internet and said, there were only 77 people at that show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a problem because yeah, people are probably like, Hey, what's going on here? Yeah. So, so 77 people I think could socially distance and even the small theater at the after day. And so, and I'll have to see it. My, I have a friend in my, uh, we're at, you know, May look at a show there next month. Uh, a flock of seagulls is playing there, which I know is really the only the lead singer from a flock of seagulls. So uh, he doesn't have hair anymore, so he doesn't have wool upsuit. He wears a cap at the show, but uh, the, so but we, we might be able to socially distance at a flock of seagulls show. We'll have to see. So what's your strategy for chances? I mean, you know, you're just gonna keep your distance, wear a mask. Yeah, the uh, it, well, it's in December, so we'll have to see. Yeah. But if the recommendation is is wear a mask, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm taking my wife and. We don't know if our kids, we got four kids, they're all under the age of 12. We don't know if they'll be able to be vaccinated by then or not. And so, you know, she's, you know, if we go to mass or we go to the grocery store and the grocery store wants us to wear a mask, you know, we're, we're going to follow the, 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 the good guidance. It's, I mean, it's a, the mask is a minor inconvenience to, yeah, yeah. To, for the, in these situations. Okay. I'd much Very rather good. be able to see Genesis than, 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 than stay home and not wear them. <laughs> right. Well, well, Nationwide's not calling every day going, hey, is there going to be... Because I know for a lot of these places, you know, they want to be safe. I mean, Nationwide proved that with the restrictions they placed on the Blue Jackets and the Blue Jackets got back to playing games in front of people. But I hear from other venues, too, saying, hey, we want to be careful, but the more restrictions, we can't make the money. So, Well, and, yeah, it's, it's a balancing act. And, and the, yeah. I think the big thing across all business sectors is they there is their workforce. You know, they, what we worried about at the beginning of the pandemic was that if you didn't do some sort of mitigation, the, you know, you, we, we've heard of that. Yeah, you know, it's like the line in my cousin Vinny where he tries to go to the dry cleaners and the dry cleaners is closed because everybody has the flu. And yeah. so that yeah, that's what you were worried about when COVID started is that it just takes out an office and closes a business or closes a restaurant or closes a you know a manufacturing shop. And the uh, so so a lot of these places are concerned about that because they they don't want an exposure to have their entire workforce be wiped out for for 10 days. So the, uh, you know, doing some of these mitigations, you know, and following those guidelines will uh, prevent, you know, if there is an exposure at work, your staff won't have to quarantine. You know, you may have to you know, wear a mask, maybe get a test in a few days, but you know, the, uh, you, you put in some of these safety measures and some of these vaccination checks, you know, you're, you're going to be better off in order to keep your employees at work and keep the business running. Craig is not as big of a music fan. He's more of a movie guy. Craig, what's the first concert you're going to go see? I don't think you've gone to see one yet, right? Don't don't are you are you are you trying to bait me into this? I'm Chris? not trying to bait you. Have you gone to the movies? That's the question. Have you gone to the oh, movies? Oh yeah, you know yeah. Okay. Yeah. Th thanks for that good question, Dan. Because you know, 
my co-host here is trying to bait me into saying something that he's going to make fun of me about for the next 30 minutes. So yes, I have gone back to the movies. Uh, I'm a I'm a very much a movie theater guy. So much like you like the live music stuff, love going to the movie theater. Uh, last time I had went uh, was in February of 2020 to see Sonic the Hedgehog, and then I had a 16, 17 month month gap, and I saw Black Widow finally. Um, so I was I was very happy to get back to the theater. It wasn't too busy. We were able to sit where we needed to sit and you know i felt very comfortable there we're vaccinated my wife and i so you know we feel a lot more confident we have our masks with us whenever we need them just in case but um you know yeah it's i'm very picky though like uh you know i don't have a flock of seagulls or genesis coming up (laughs) you know i'm I'm very particular about what movies i do see um but uh, i do enjoy going to the theater i used to when i was in college at bowling green i minored in film and I used to go to the theater all the time, whether it be in Toledo or Bowling Green. They had a nice independent movie theater in Holland on Airport Highway, which I went to all the time to see sort of those lesser released movies that weren't, you know, the big summer blockbusters. But uh, love going to the movies. Um, and to Chris's question, which is a complete bait job yeah. here. I'm not asking about that. Okay, okay, well, I think you were, but... I don't have any plans on any concerts. I, I will say, though, my wife and I, uh, for her birthday, which is around Memorial Day, we went to uh, Na- to Nashville for her birthday, sort of a vacation getaway. Um, and she has a friend down there. We have a friend down there that plays live music. And we uh, listened to her play at a bar, social distance, thankfully, and, you know, everything. And that was a lot of fun. She does her own live music she does requests and covers and things like that so i guess that was a a concert so to speak that we did watch but uh other than that no i'm not really into the concert thing but i know chris is probably wondering if i'm planning on trying to see big time rush the uh, boy band that i have uh, a fondness for from nickelodeon uh circles but no i will not see big time rush this uh for their reunion tour uh not quite the uh, beatles or you know, Genesis or anything like that, but no, no concerts coming up in my rear view or anywhere in front of me here. I, we've got a big guess. I'm trying not to, not to be insulting or anything. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will say about Craig, Dan, could you imagine, you know, COVID happens. We really didn't know. I mean, like you said, we know a lot more than, about COVID than we did a year and a half ago. Could you imagine if everything went away? Like, we didn't have any movie theaters anymore or anything else like that. Could you imagine if Craig's last memory of a movie he went to see in person was Sonic the Hedgehog? That now, would be on. sad. Now, hold on. That would be awful. I mean, What's your go, going, <laughs> yes. in, going, yes. going into that movie, I had right. zero expectations. Okay. Now, coming out of that movie, I had better expectations. It was a three-star movie for me, three out of four stars. Right. So right. I like Sonic the Hedgehog. So... Now, granted, it's not necessarily like getting out of the theater after watching Citizen Kane, but if that had been my last movie, you know, leaving the movie theater for the rest of my life, at least it would have been something that I enjoyed and gave three three out of four stars. So Yeah. I mean, if God forbid Delta spread to the point in January where, I mean, yeah, I'm sure we'll have Zoom concerts. I mean, Genesis will still do stuff in Zoom. <laughs> At least Dan could say, hey, the last in-person concert was Genesis. Yeah. And unless you hate Phil Collins, I mean, you're like, oh, wow, Genesis. At least you went out in a good, you know, last concert. But Sonic, hey, I'm not saying it's the worst movie, but, man, could you imagine if that was the last one? You know, if, if, if it ever got to the point where movie theaters were like, okay, this is the last month for movies, I would yeah. – 
do everything that I could in my power to find whatever movie theater within reasonable distance would be playing like Pulp Fiction or yeah. something like okay. that. That would be like my last. If I'm going to see a movie in theaters, I would probably say I want to see my favorite movie of all time, which is Pulp Fiction. Okay. Uh, I, I did take the kids last week. Of course, in Columbus, the uh, Columbus Association of the Performing Arts does the old oh, yeah. at the Ohio Theater. So we took, we yeah. took I took my uh, oldest three kids to see uh, Jason the Argonauts on Sunday. So the, oh, the uh, uh, '63 version. '63 version. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I have that. I have that movie. It's in my collection. Yes, I do have the uh, stop motion movie. Yeah, it's a good yeah, movie. But but if I had to go back and think, what was the last movie I saw before the pandemic? I am fairly certain uh, it was a. Uh, one day showing of the 30th anniversary of the in excess concert film live baby live so. okay I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that yeah one of those that, fathom event type deals i like those those are kind of fun you always see those previews and they have like you know the shakespearean stuff and then they have stuff like that with concerts or boxing as well so that's kind of a unique little extra thread of uh revenue i would imagine for theaters oh absolutely so this was about 10 years ago so i'm not sure what you were doing 10 years ago did you see the in excess reality show? That was on? Yes. Oh, that was fantastic. I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed that because it's the, uh, you know, he, he died. Michael Hutchins died very mm -hmm. tragically. They went through a few lead singers. Yeah, they even had Terrence, Terrence Trent Darby as their lead singer. For, but they're like, okay, we've written songs. Let's figure out who's going to be the, the guy to sing. It, it was fascinating. And it was yeah. a classic reality show, people gunning for each other. And it was. Oh, uh, yeah. With uh, with uh, Dave Navarro and what was it? Brooke Burke was the host. So. Yeah, yeah, and well, and the guy who ended up winning, I think he had some issues. JD Fortune, he yes, was yes. Canadian, former Canadian Elvis impersonator. I like the blonde guy, um, Marty. Yeah, Marty. that was my pick, but JD won, unfortunately. So yeah, I, I did end up seeing them at the. I think it was the Palace Theater in Columbus. They. Oh. Uh, Okay. Uh, they uh, they they went the tour that followed the switch tour that that yes Columbus yes. and played that. I think Saving Jane opened up for them. But. What are they doing now? I think Fortune they're no longer together. They're they're, they're essentially retired. Uh, okay. uh, speaking of country music, a Andrew Ferris, who was the keyboardist and one of the primary oh, yes. writers, mm -hmm. uh, he put out a country album last year. And so really? uh, wow. he's uh, collaborated with some Nashville people, but uh, he lives on a farm in Australia and is, is putting out country music. You've got a lot of concerts that you've gone to. Is there is there an act that you haven't seen that you'd like to, or someone that you'd like to bring back that you never got a chance to see live that you'd want to? Well, I mean, you, you know, people several years older than me, they all have their uh, Pink Floyd tickets framed from when they saw either the you know the Pulse tour at Ohio Stadium or the uh, Division Bell tour at Ohio Stadium. So that that probably been one that uh, that, that I would like to see. So. Can you mention we've run with a dispatch? We've got a photo gallery of like classic concerts at Ohio Stadium, and it's fun. You see Pink Floyd, you see all these other things. I don't think it ever happened because I think thankfully COVID came. Now, I'm not joking about COVID. COVID's terrible and everything, but at least it stopped Justin Bieber from doing the Ohio Stadium <laughs> concert. I, did that ever happen? I don't. Th I, I think that got canceled, right? I don't know, but yeah, Justin Bieber was the last one, which is it's such a shame. Uh, I'm sure they'll be back. <laughs> yeah, yes, thank goodness. <laughs> so, hopefully, the powers would be once we're totally free for bringing concerts back. Well, actually, Ohio City is probably not as bad of a place. I mean, at least it's outdoor. You know, it's easier to have it there. Outdoors but. is twenty times safer than indoors. Yes. When, when it's spreading. So, 
Let's just don't bring Justin Bieber back. I mean, I'm sure the governor's not interested in making any, you know, executive decisions there. But, you know. Well, 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 that, well as, you well, as you well know, Ohioans are wearing Bieber T-shirts left and right. But they're all uh, Shane Bieber T-shirts with the Indians. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's been a while since we've seen Shane Bieber, though. So <laughs> maybe they are migrating to Justin Bieber now. Yeah. I was so confused. Well, talk about Dwyer. I was uh, so impressed. Um. Uh, we had Dwyer on from Field of Dreams to play Kevin Costner's dad. And you dropped right before he got started. You know Dwyer. Where, where do you know Dwyer from? So, so Dwyer and I are both Ashen University graduates. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, he was there uh, a good uh, uh, 20 years prior to me. But he, okay. he and I were also me- members of the same undergraduate fraternity, Kappa Sigma. So uh, I've, got, I, I've kept in touch with him through that. Uh, because uh, uh, we had our 150th anniversary as a national fraternity a couple of years ago in 2019, and we worked with him to do a welcome video, and uh, uh, we, we kept we, we we kept in touch because he travels throughout the Midwest, and if we're ever having an event where we're looking for a speaker, we reach out to him. So I spoke, uh, I, I got to see him and uh, several of our Ashland uh, guys I went to college with from our fraternity. We went to see him at uh, uh, the. Uh, Huntington uh, Stadium down in Columbus uh, when he was doing his uh, his book tour. Uh, so, I I feel bad. I'm not. It's nothing against why. Sometimes when you're known for one particular thing, we all have to make money. I, I am a fan of his other second favorite film as well. So he is uh, also in the uh, cult classic, Craig. Uh, Mom and Dad Save the World. So yeah, really, yes. okay. He is the uh, he plays uh, he's one of the uh, the natives he play uh, the the son of Eric Idle's character the brother okay. of Kathy Ireland's character that's uh, that that's Dwyer Brown's other uh, notable film role. Well, he was also in uh, now in a lesser role, but he was also in Red Dragon too, the uh, okay. yep. prequel, if you will, to Silence of the Lambs, which was very terrific. So uh, I went back what? and checked it out after I, I found out that Dwyer was in uh, Red Dragon. And what are you playing Cutting Edge? I have a bunch of friends in college that loved that movie. I think they had a crush on the girl. Uh, it was a movie about the... Figure skating. Yeah, yeah. Um, was he the... He wasn't the guy in the movie. Do you know what no, he played there? Uh, no, I think the plot was that there was a ho- the hockey player couldn't play hockey anymore, so he's yeah. a figure skater. But what was Wire's role in there? Because I can't I do not recall. Okay. I, I see that in IMBD that he was on there, and I'm trying to figure out what Dwyer did because I know Dwyer wasn't the hockey player. But I don't know. Very interesting. Well, and the thing that impressed me was, hey, he's known for Field of Dreams. We all have to make a living, so he does a lot of appearances and everything. And I kind of felt bad for him because you, know, you don't like to see people sometimes having to do that. But the thing I liked after talking to him was he uses that to help other people. My dad died five years ago, and I kept telling him, darn you for making that scene with Kevin Costner because I got <laughs> I'm like sobbing every time I see that, but I like it because he helped me even in our short conversation. And he talks about seeing all these other guys that have tough times. He's actually helping them out. So this is kind of like a service he does to the world. So I that feel bad. Really. We're all crying though when we see him. I mean, you want to see somebody <laughs> that you can like, you know, Steve Carell, you're not, you're not like, you know, crying when you see him, you're laughing because he's a funny guy, but no, I, I love how Dwyer's helping other people out. That's great. Roll of a lifetime, as he says. So. Oh yeah, amazing. Uh, I and I love the fact too. I mean that that part where it gets people misty eyes, where he said, "Hey, Dad," and Dwyer was sharing that actually came post production. So I guess the first time we'd seen it wasn't there. So 
Um, you know, they had to add that in at the end, but very interesting. I don't know. I, I liked Dwyer. That was a good experience. And during the interview, I was telling Craig, he was emailing me going, you got to ask about this Indians only game. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then Sunday night, you know, Indians are playing the Angels. You said you watched that. What was that like? Well, I mean, the uh, the good news is that the Indians were up 2 nothing after three pitches. Right. So we had right. that going for us. And uh, Cal Quantrill was, uh, had a masterful uh, pitching performance. But uh, the uh, – the 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 jerseys were interesting because they were wearing the uh, little league style jerseys where you once you advance past your state tournament you're no longer you know, you know Middletown Ohio you are great mm-hmm. and or you're no longer uh, San Luis Obispo California you're, you're West and so the the Angels were the West the Indians were the Great Lakes and uh, the uh, it was uh, uh, and it was you know just pretty interesting in that seeing them in that little ballpark in the yeah, I, I wish it was in the real world ballpark, but the game would still be being played now. You know, I mean, it was more major league dimensions. It's like the Field of Dreams. They didn't play on the actual Field of Dreams field, where it was a band box, but it was good. I, I didn't watch the game. The criticism I heard on ESPN was, you know, they played the Angels, and everyone loves Shonei Otani, and I guess all they were doing was talking about Shohei, even though the Indians did well in that game, so. I mean, there were there were they, you could definitely it was supposed to be like kid friendly broadcast kind of like what yeah. the uh, uh, NFL did with that the Nickelodeon broadcast of the playoff game with the Bears and the Saints the uh, so they were putting up little boxes there like uh, you know, you know Ricario is a uh, call of, likes to play Call of Duty and they're yeah. showing people's little league little league photos so so it's definitely nice that they, they they were trying to find nice things to say about the Indians they're like right. you know, like the Indians have a lot of run production despite having yeah. the third lowest batting average in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't real great analysis of the well, I don't want to get Dan in trouble, but Craig, I got an idea. We should come out 80% vaccination. We give the Indians some money from Vaximillion and we can get Shohei Otani. Man, if if we can get the Indian Shohei Otani, I bet people are going on their arms get vaccinated tomorrow. Well, well, well. The good news, of course, is that the 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 Indians did recommit to the new yeah. lease for the, right. the next twenty to twenty five years. So uh, it, that that'll be good for uh, the fans. It'll be good for uh, Progressive Field. It'll be good as they move forward as the Guardians. So. Yeah. They, uh, what do you think about that? What do you think about the Guardians name? I was a, I was a Spiders person, but so was I, I. I'm not an Indians fan, but I thought Spiders would have been kind of cool. The uh, now, I mean, once they fully explained the, I don't think they fully explained the relationship with the uh, the Art Deco statues, right, right? And and then everybody immediately pointed out the first scene in scene in Major League is a close up of right, the, yeah, the Guardians yeah. of Traffic. So I mean, once they explained that, I mean, because before, I mean, you know, the you know certainly there are other you know pop culture tie-ins, the Guardians, which are big right now, but the. Uh, I, I think they did a good job during the rollout of of explaining why and uh, and, and I and I think that 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 certainly uh, helped things. But you know, certainly there were a few options out there that the fans were gravitating towards. So, what did you think of the logo, though? The logo of the yeah. Guardians logo—it's a little underwhelming, wasn't it? I mean, it kind of looked like a. Almost, yeah, like, you want to? I'm going to withhold judgment until I see the full uniform kit. You okay, know, okay, I'm, okay, big, okay. I'm a big Indians fan. Yeah, let's see how they brand. You know, you know, throw up the branding on the stadium with the player. You know, they got the player banners down Ontario. Let's. I I, I, I want to see it in, in in full force once it's fully imagined. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, and even the people I know, you know, some people still think it should be Indians or whatever. But I'm looking at whatever you think. There's still baseball in Cleveland. 
I mean, I remember when my dad was alive, we used to watch Indians games, and they're not taking away. I mean, they're still playing at the same stadium. The uniform's going to look similar. It's not going to be polka dots or something else like that. You know, <laughs> you still got baseball, Cleveland. Come on, you know. I mean, that's the important thing. Well, since we're talking about sports, a little sad. I'm seeing the Browns logo behind you. Uh, you're probably trying to troll me there. Um, I'm hoping my Steelers could do well. But, I mean, you can be honest. It's Ohio. I mean, you know, you know, you're a Browns guy. That's cool. Uh, you have high hopes for the Browns, or yeah, I would definitely have high hopes for the Browns. Uh, I mean, I looked at the schedule. The there's a there's a few tough spots. Obviously, we open with the Chiefs at Kansas yeah. City, very tough spot. And then in December, we have Baltimore back-to-back. We have our bye week in between, but we have Baltimore essentially back-to-back. And so, I mean, we have the Steelers twice in the schedule. Uh, you know, we'll have to see how the Bengals do with Joe Burrow because they could definitely score a lot of points. And a good thing is the Browns' defense has improved because those were shootouts with the Bengals last year. Uh, Patriots are on the schedule, so it'll be interesting to see if they've uh, improved or are still a middle-of-the-pack team for two years in a row. So, the uh, – but uh, the, I think the uh, if uh, the you know just like last year the Browns beat who they should beat and got into the playoffs. If the Browns beat who they should beat this year, they'll they'll be in the same spot. I'm, you know, we got group for my guy, Big Ben, the Big Finley, Ohio. Uh, he's getting old, thirty nine, but man, we want to try win one for him coming out. I mean, we got Melvin Ingram and who else did we get? Trey Turner. I, I was shocked when they dropped. Dave DeCastro because, but he had some injury issues. And well, you, guys, you guys had some cap issues, but yeah. yeah, as a Browns fan, you know, and to much to Ben's credit, there was a long period of time where right. he was winning a st- uh, quarterback at Cleveland Browns Stadium. So <laughs> they, uh, that, that Baker Mayfield has finally taken that mantle away from him and put up some padding on it. But the, uh, there was a long period of time when Ben Roethlisberger was the yeah. winning. What's it, what's it like being a Browns fan that actually has realistic expectations? I mean, I've, I've grown up around – I'm not a Brown. I'm a Lions fan, so I know the plight. Yeah, what's up with that? Well, at least I support a winning team. Well, we're, we're just hoping that there's not the drop like there was in 03 and 08. Sure. So, the, uh, so we're cautiously optimistic. You know, we're, all Cleveland fans are a bit guarded because yes. of <laughs> our, our past experiences. And right. as Browns fans, we've seen the team lose games probably every single way possible. There was, uh, you know, Dwayne Hudd's, Dwayne Rudd's helmet game. There was right. the, uh, uh, the, the bottle game versus Jacksonville, which part of the reason that the fans were so upset was because the referees, you know, replayed a play that was two plays prior <laughs> against the rules. Yeah, there were, I, I once saw a game versus the Bears where the Browns blew a 14-point lead with 36 seconds left. So the we've just seen the team lose every possible way. So we're 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 ha- we're so we're, we're 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 more happy now that yeah we can count on uh, Chubb running the ball, Hunt running the ball, and uh, the receiving core catching passes from Baker. Yeah, it'll be good. I I don't know. I mean, I think the Steelers have a chance. Here's my concern with the Steelers. They had a couple issues they had to get over, and they were good enough to start the 11 0. It was a very flawed 11 0. They had problems. They got to get their offensive line in gear, and hopefully, Nadja Harris is good. Their running game was horrible last year. So, if everything comes together, I think they could be okay. You're going to get mad, Dan. I'm still not completely sold in Baker Mayfield. He's all right. I'm not sure if he's a franchise guy. 
Uh, you know, Mahomes signed a huge contract. Josh Allen signed a huge contract. Everybody's like, oh, well, now Baker knows who's going to make. I'm still more of a Josh Allen guy. I mean, I don't like him because my Steelers are playing him in the first game of the year. I think Baker still has to prove a little bit. I mean, I would grade him out as a B quarterback, which is better than a lot of other guys in the NFL, but I'm not sure if he's that deep franchise guy. Dan, I got in trouble for saying this, but let me ask this to you. Aaron Rodgers. You know, some people say the Browns have a two, three-year championship window. I would trade Baker and a first-round draft pick or two to Green Bay to get Aaron Rodgers. I think that's the only holy guy. I think Browns win the next two Super Bowls. But I get laughed at every time I hear that. So I, mean, Baker. I mean, he's uh, – well, I mean, the, the thing is, is that with the value there, I mean, he's – yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you're you're at the age where I don't know if everybody, you know, you, you, there's a lot of quarterbacks who follow the Tom Brady regimen and might have the fountain of youth, but you know, you get that old guy and you get him the year that he drops off. The you know that, that that's the danger with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. But he was the but uh, Baker the uh, uh, go watch the Mike Greenberg ran on Baker Mayfield from last week where he points out that he's the most accurate deep ball quarterback and i I think the uh you remember there was no preseason last year very limited training so uh once you saw kind of the after the october uh, rain season when uh yeah that that's the baker that you saw so uh so we're so we're hopeful that you know baker uh in the second year of a stefanski stefanski system the same coordinators the same core around him the same head coach that he'll take a step so, because uh, Josh Allen has had those things in Buffalo, yeah. Baker has has not yet. So, yeah. just imagine too with with Baker Mayfield, even if he's not the guy, you don't have to decide that he is the is or is not the guy for two years. You have this year and next year with his fifth year option, so you still have two years before you even have to decide. Yeah, we're going to give him Josh Allen stupid money or Patrick Mahomes stupid money. You don't even have to do that right now. You can decide what he is. You know, that's probably the beauty of being a Browns fan right now is, you know, you feel like you have the guy and maybe he is or maybe he isn't, but you don't have to be like, this is a make or break year. As a Lions fan, we had Matthew Stafford for 13 years, 14 years almost, and he was always the guy we thought, and I'm not saying he wasn't, it's just they never built anything around him. Look at what the Cleveland Browns have done. They've built around to insert that quarterback into that team and it, you don't have to be Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers to maybe win with that team. Maybe you just have to be really good, and maybe Baker Mayfield's really good. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and I know there were a lot of Browns fans that the contract they were looking at this offseason was, was Nick Chubb. And so yeah. many yeah. of us were, yeah, very, yeah, we're, we're very happy to see him re-signed. And uh, something I saw from Daryl Ravel, one of my favorite followers on Twitter, he's the business reporter, uh, in sports, the uh, the uh, uh, Nick Chubb's uh, cereal. I guess there's a company that produces the vast majority of these celebrity athlete cereals. His was the best-selling cereal they've ever sold. It's a yeah. company. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I think it's key in the NFL. Get that quarterback a rookie contract. I mean, that's what helps the Browns. You don't have to pay a lot of money to Baker right now. The Rams the went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff under his rookie contract. Yeah. Once he got out of it, guess what? They had cap issues. And they traded a bunch of dead money to get Stafford along with extra first round picks. Right. Once you get out of that rookie contract as a quarterback, you're you're gonna have to really play some, you know, cap gymnastics to make sure everything works. And the Browns don't have to do that right now, which is a good thing. And maybe yeah. 
the Rams are fascinating. They're like Ted right. Stepien trading away first round picks. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care yeah. about it. They'll trade them away for 20 years. They don't care. It's going to be fascinating to see how they do. I think they're going to be all right. I'm not sure if they're a Super Bowl team, but it's going to be fascinating. Uh, yeah, Steelers, they're in the other boat. I mean, you're paying Big Ben based on his career. They're way – I mean, like Dan said, they're on salary cap hell because of having to pay Big Ben so much. I like the fact that their backups are all right. Um, I'm not sure if Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph is that franchise quarterback. But I love, hey, Dwayne's a Ohio State guy. I love how he's – he looks better. I think he's kind of uh, rehabbed his career a little bit. And I hope the best for him. Not just as a football player, but as a person. He had some tough times in watching. It's good to see. I think he's got his head screwed a little bit straight in Pittsburgh. And I'm happy for him as a person, too. And hopefully as a Steelers fan, as well as a a player, too. So. I mean, worst case scenario, as I saw, the Rams cut Duck Hodges, so he's back on the market. Oh, I was. Now, there was a lot of Steelers writers on Twitter that were like, nobody better tweet us saying you, you better get Duck Hodges. I want Duck Hodges to be a nice guy. You, you got to get guys like assistant coaches are fun guys to be around. Like LeBron. You know, LeBron wants assistant coaches not necessarily to teach him. He wants that guy. Oh, what was that guard for the Cavs? Uh, Damon Jones. I'm not sure if Damon Jones was the best coach of all time, but he was a fun guy LeBron could hang out with. We need the Steelers to bring back Duck Hodges, not as a franchise quarterback, but hey, just a fun guy. You know, you need those guys in life, you know? Yep. I don't know. Very good. Well, before we get to the last thing, anything else going on in Ohio that we need to let people know about? No, I, I, I got a jet in a few minutes, so I want to hear what okay. the last thing is. So. Well, well, fantastic. Well, we've got a negotiating debate. We love having you on. Come back anytime. How do we get our, our the governor to hang out with us for a minute or two with you? You could be there. You know what I mean? How, how can we make this happen? I, 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 I will add it to the list of uh, okay. things we do. I don't know if that. Right. Uh, the the next few months are probably not, not good, yes. but I think I think we can get this done in the next twelve months. So okay. no promises, but I, I will commit to work on it. <laughs> if we need a lottery, we'll do a lottery and draw. We'll come to the Capitol with a giant check that says you've been drafted right. by the Ohioan or something. Whatever we need to do, we'll do it. Well, you know Stan's wording. It first sounded like maybe three four weeks. Now the next twelve months. Pretty soon Dan's going to be like, yeah, next 60 years. I'm like, well, I don't know if it's going to live that long. I mean, get it done in 60 years, yeah. Okay. Well, we can make sure. You can put a muzzle over your mouth. I, I guarantee I won't ask any embarrassing <laughs> are questions. You, are you guys willing to come to the state house for it? Uh, I would. Sure, sure. We can do be, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would, it would be fun. And again, it would just be. We're the Ohio. We're trying to have fun, and we're we're, we're not going to ask anything embarrassing. No, no. And as you know, he likes to talk baseball. He likes to talk sports. Oh yeah, yeah. He likes he likes old country music too. So yeah, hey, it's all. And even when like I asked about France cooking and everything, I do that all of love. I mean, the first time I met the governor, I was covering him as um, attorney general, and one thing that struck me: never met the guy before in person. Obviously, you know him from his career and everything. I love the fact that he was pop. Well, pawning off sounds horrible. That he was endorsing his wife's cookbook. I mean, literally, he had it was like the old churches where you see the guy who sings at your church. He has his tapes he was trying to sell. <laughs> he was like, "Fellas, pick up one of my wife's cookbooks." And you know, we don't like to take anything free. We're all looking at each other like this is weird. And he looked at sternly right before he left. Guys, take the cookbook. So we <laughs> took the cookbook, and you know, hey, we like to joke around with stuff like that. But hey, I love it's genuine. You know what I mean? It's not like these other 
political marriages sometimes are based on appearance or whatever. I mean, it's genuine. I mean, we admire that. So, yeah, I mean, let us know. We're, we're willing to negotiate. We'll talk offline. They're probably awkward. We, we, we shall negotiate. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Um, it's strict. I mean, this could be tough. Maybe that'll be our bonus show sometime. We'll televise the negotiations, but should be good. <laughs> All right. Well, Dan, thanks so much for your time. I know you got some stuff going on. Um, we'll let you go and we'll wrap up the show without you. Uh, have a good one, Dan. We'll be in touch soon. Thanks for coming Thank on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate Dan. it. Have a good one. What a good guy. Uh, yeah. Great Dan Tierney. Yeah. I've worked with Dan, been working with him for a few years now. And he's really like when you're looking for like public information officer stuff, he is very genuine. He will tell you like it is. He'll give you everything he's allowed to give you. He is, as a journalist, he is a good person to work with because he knows what he's doing and he calls you back and he treats everybody, whether you're in little old Fremont or at the Columbus Dispatch, he treats everybody fairly and the same. As long as you treat him the same, Craig, are you up for a trip to Columbus? <laughs> I might be. Yeah, we might. I have mean, to, uh, make it work, make it happen. Yeah. So if he comes back us and says, "Hey, you got him at the safe house." Yeah. I mean, I, we we can't say no to that, can we? Yeah. I mean, are, are you? Well, I mean, hey, I live fifteen minutes away. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I uh, could make a, but, Okay. Well, I could I could do a trip down there for the governor. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't we'll expect- schedule. I wouldn't expect this to happen tomorrow, but I mean, this sounded, this was opening. I don't know. We can fast track it. Yeah, I de- definitely. <laughs> Very awkward. <laughs> I wasn't sure how to get that last question. It was almost like asking. Uh, very strange. All right. Well, hey, let's talk about. We haven't talked about our, our sponsors yet. Um, you know, Dan's got limited time. Uh, Chase Bank. What COVID's going on? And we appreciate Dan's frankness. Obviously, since he represents the governor. Hey, I wanted to ask how much percent of the time they're talking about COVID because obviously that's a big issue that's happening on Ohio. And obviously other things are happening, like uh, some of the jobs are coming to the state that Dan talked about. But, you know, hey, COVID's a big issue. COVID makes it hard. You want to save time, money. Do your banking online. Hey, Chase Bank works for me. Sign up uh, for our website, our podcast provider. And um, you can sign up for Chase Bank, attach a direct deposit. They'll pay you. They'll help us out, too. Try Chase Bank. Works for us. They'll work for you, too. And Ashley Home Store. Craig, Craig I'm not even sure what I can say about Ashley Home Store. It's a great place. Um, your wife's not going to take you away from football. I got yelled at, like I talked about last podcast. You know, your wife's going to let you watch football. But, you know, here's my thing, Craig. Our time is money. Even on the weekends, Craig. You know, we work hard during the week. We got stuff we got to do. You know, we got places we got to go. Save time. You know, uh, go to our website, click on the Ashley Home Store. They're going to give you a coupon right away to save some money. So instead of traipsing out to the store, do your shopping online. You can measure what openings you have for couches. Make sure all that stuff fits before you get home. And, hey, take your wife out to eat with your spare time. Buy those Genesis tickets. Man, uh, I didn't realize Dan was a Genesis fan. He's down with Genesis. Yeah, he's you know he's he's been around and seen it all you know in his short time on Earth he's seen a lot of good acts so yeah good for him. So you, it's can, like, tell, you can tell Dan loves music you can tell you can see it you can sense it and he knows people he knows who's been in what and well Phil know, Collins is still playing at Genesis right so you, you must be a big Phil Collins guy right? 
I would assume I don't know that he's still with Genesis or not or, or works oh, with I'm Genesis sure. or whatever, but maybe he does, or maybe he's coming back for this reunion tour of whatever proportion it is. But I would I mean who wouldn't be a fan of Phil Collins, though, you know, not very many people aren't. And what's what I think he said this before, and I think we could share this. Why does he think I'm a, a, a Clown Posse fan? I mean, what's, what was up with that? <laughs> well, I don't know. My they had goodness. their, uh, you know, maybe it was just, uh, you know, they had that uh, concert uh, this past weekend or whatever. Okay. I don't, know. I don't even know if it, I don't know if it was even in Ohio to be blind. I can I know about the concert happening because I guess one of the members is like experiencing like heart failure and it's like a oh, no. tour. I don't know if that concert was in Ohio, but maybe he just assumed. Um, you know, that you had gone to the insane clown posse. Who knows? You know, okay. you, know maybe, you never know. You never know what people like, you know, you know, it just. I, well, hey, I've given you a hard time about a lot of things, so I got to take it too. But <laughs> man, damn, must have had insane clown posse on the mind. So, yeah. Well, wonder if that's the. I wonder what music's going on. I mean, I'm sure Dan's working from home. Uh, you know, we're, we're social distancing, we're being safe. Right. It's insane clown posse on this song. I, I, I would say this, and this is what I kind of said about the movie stuff. I think Dan has kind of listened listened to everything. You know, I think he, he's listened to it all. And I think, um, not that he listens to ICP, but I'm sure he's probably heard their music or whatever. I, I you know, Dan strikes me as the type that probably has experienced very various genres of music and probably whether he likes it or not, I don't know. We should have asked him, I guess, while we had him if he if he liked Insane Clown Posse. But um, you know, definitely, I think he's probably heard some of their songs, and he either has decided I don't like it or I do like it. But my assumption is that you know, much like I am with movies, where you just never know what you're going to like until you watch it. He probably listened to I, you know, Insane Clown Posse, or you know, insert band X, Y, or Z, and said, oh, I like it or I don't like it. Let's move on. But I don't think it was one of those where he probably wouldn't not. I, I I would say he probably would say I didn't like it because I just didn't like the music or whatever, as opposed to I don't like metal or I don't like you know a certain genre. You have your favorite genres. We all have our favorite genres. But my my guess is it's like he you know he listens to more than just whatever the genre is. He listens to the words that are said, the beats, all that stuff. It all comes together into a tight package of yes or no. I think if we get that interview with Governor DeWan, we got to ask him about his favorite music. I mean, I can't well, yeah. believe it's insane yeah. clown posse. I mean, that would yeah. be kind of strange, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I don't know that the governor has heard insane clown posse or knows what they are, and that's not a slight against him. If it's anything that's yeah. good for him, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to live in a world where he knows what that is, but... Uh, you know, Dan certainly does, though. Well, could you imagine what news it would break if he came on and said, darn it, I love Insane Clown Posse. Yeah. I don't care who cares. I mean, that, that could be front-page news. Crack open a Fago and listen to some yes. ICP, man. That would be front-page news. That would be <laughs> insane. That would be a big story, I think, in the state. Yes. He ends up a COVID press conference of playing us all for me Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> Let's end this COVID not. talk with Insane Clown Posse. Well, he'd certainly divert some of the, uh, you know, the attention from whatever's going on at that point to, you know, insane clown posse. Everybody would want to write a story about that, and everybody would be blowing up Dan's cell phone, probably getting a, you know, calls about, can you comment on insane clown posse, you know, insane clown posse or whatever. So that'd be kind of fun. 
Well, hey, I love joking around with Dan. And I got respect for Dan because, geez, we've interviewed a lot of big people over the past year and a half. I mean, I interviewed a presidential candidate, the libertarian one last time. I get nervous with Dan for some reason. Like, I, I don't want to make that. I mean, the libertarian I flew off the handle. I mean, Dan, I'm like, you know, very scrutinized. But hey, yeah. I got like the guy, and I've got trust in what's happening. So, everyone, thanks for listening in. Um, and thanks to Dan Tierney. Uh, he had to take off early. Um, so, boy. I, Craig, anything else we should share before we close up shop for the night? No, I don't think so. I think we, we've covered Insane Clown Posse. We've covered yes. Genesis. Big Time Rush has been mentioned. Dan, unsolicited, mentioned the Nickelodeon playoff game last year. Yeah. I mean, we, we've touched everything, I think. I think we've touched on every subject matter that's ever been discussed on this uh, podcast at, at some point. How awkward is it? And, and I, I grifted him. It's not first on his list next time he talks to the government. But I trust him that it, it'll come up sometime. Maybe when they're all joking around saying, hey, get this, you know, or something. But how you awkward know, is that conversation? Well, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it might be awkward if uh, – if the governor decides to click on the link and watch, uh, yeah, you know, the insane clown posse discussion here at the bitter end, but uh, hey, yeah, you know, hey, we're being silly, but hey, um, honestly, and let's give a shout out to this. I mean, hey, we're still in the midst of serious stuff with COVID. Uh, just give a plug at the end, man. I, I'm not a shot guy. I'm not a, uh, you know, I don't want to willingly run and get shots. I've never been a huge flu shot guy. But look, this COVID vaccine is your question? Sure. I mean, we don't know everything in life, but hey, protect yourself. Consider getting the vaccine, protect yourself. Um, you know, I'm talking to a lot of people I know from the um, places I'm streaming this right now. Just be careful out there. You know what I mean? And I chose the vaccine. Um, you know, I'm not in some conspiracy or anything. I just said, said look, it's the better choice to do. And yeah. Delta's scary out there. And honestly, even though I'm vaccinated, I'm a little nervous about why I do and why I don't. But just, I could do a lot more because I got vaccinated. So, Absolutely. Uh, I agree with what Dan's been saying, man. Um, you know, yeah. just get vaccinated, wear a mask. I know it's frustrating. It's not the easiest thing in the world. But you put a piece of cloth on your face. Jeez. I mean, it's not like you have to walk around in a cardboard box or, or walk around in cellophane. I mean, you know. Protect yourself and your neighbors and protect your family. I mean, I'm telling Dan, I, I appreciate his frankness of talking about vaccines for nine year olds. Got nine year olds upstairs. Well, right. keep her healthy. So, hey, that's my stuff. So, yeah. Check that, dude. So, all right. Well, hey, let's close up for the night. Uh, that was awkward asking about the line. I don't know. It was very strange, but very fun. All right. For Craig, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out. Uh, the Ohioan and the Chris and Craig show. We'll be back next week. Have a good one, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.